I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Hello, my friends. This is Sean Bowles. I'm so excited to be hosting Exploring the Prophetic and Exploring the Prophetic with you. And today I have on one of my friends, Marshall Allman, who's an actor here in Los Angeles. And we had him come to our live event, Modern Prophetic, which was based on my new book that's out now, Modern Prophets. And he came in the very last night and we did a 30-minute discussion. I believe it was 30 minutes, maybe it was a little longer. A 30-minute discussion about just how the prophetic's working in his world as being someone who's gone after some faith-based projects after doing some very mainstream projects. And Marshall is a real deep thinker. I love that about him. I think he's a he's an apologist. He's a he's a theologian in his heart. And we've had him teach several times at our church. He's shared in different community gatherings we've done. And I've always really respected his intellectual side to his faith, but also how he's open to the Holy Spirit. He's really gone after hearing God. And that's really shaped and guided him as an entrepreneur and also as an actor. He's a working actor to where he's always can be seen on things, starting with years and years and years ago, his first breakout role in Prison Break. He was one of the sons of the, one of the main characters on the show. And now he can be seen, you know, in Human Season 2 and a number of other shows currently on air. And uh, and he's in a lot of the Law & Order type shows that are on and uh, as a guest appearance. And so you can IMDB him to get to know his career and his path but I want you to know him by his heart. And so as you listen to this, I know it's, he's going to really touch some of your hearts. And even to know that there's people like Marshall in the industry exploring their faith, exploring Christianity, exploring hearing God's voice for the industry, it's just so profound. Before we get to that, I'm going to share with you about Modern Prophets, my new book. So I have a clip for you to listen to right now. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Audience, I have a new book out called Modern Prophets. And I wrote this book specifically to give a theology, but also practical application for how to apply the gift, the ministry, and the office of the prophet into your lives. And I'm giving you not only the theology of why it's a big deal to understand the prophetic and how you can engage this incredible gift set in your life, but also I'm giving you a lot of starter models and a practical application for how to do this. One of the things I love right now is that God wants to bring dignity back to the prophetic. There's billions of dollars going to the psychic medium industry because prophets have not risen up. People have not risen up with the true prophetic gifts to hear God's voice. God has a, an original intention over all things he created, and we get to see his intention. We get to call it forth on the earth right now. So this book's going to help you do that. It's available in bookstores all around the world right now. It's in several languages. Modern Prophets. Get yours at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon.com, or BullsMinistries.com now. How many of you were here this afternoon, most of you? So you heard from Marshall Allman already a little bit. You got a little glimpse in. And Marshall and his wife, Jamie, are friends of ours who uh, we end up having a season together at our church, Expression 58. And these guys are wild. I love their hearts. They're completely unconventional. I say that because it's true. You're some of the most unique people. Of course, you're in Hollywood because you know, there's some people that you go, oh, they remind me of. Marshall and Jamie remind you of no one. They are completely their own people, which is so good. I think that's such a great compliment. But uh, Marshall is a brilliant thinker. I don't know if you could tell. I think he's like a savant. He's a genius mind. 
And uh, he's, he, I joke around that as an actor, he can play anyone from 12 to 40. Because when he shaves off his beard, he looks 12. Just kidding. You don't. You, but you look really young. And so he's been in shows that I, I was, we are telling this in the back room. He was on a Law & Order where he played like a really gnarly role of a kid who gets killed by his dad, this whole thing. And I was so traumatized because I was, I was in Indonesia. I didn't know he was on this. He didn't tell me about the show. And so I'm in Indonesia, and I was jet-lagging, so I turned on TV, and I've never watched Law & Order. It was my first time. And it was so traumatizing that I couldn't look at him in the eyes for, like, three or four times that I saw him. I'm like, I can't look at you. You're like, it's just, I, you're that kid to me. And he played, like, a 16-year-old on the show. And, I'm like, and he's, he wasn't 16 at the time, for sure. And so he's so good at his roles that there's, there's several of the roles that I'm like, you know, who's on Humans? If you've never seen Humans Season 1 and 2, it's about artificial intelligence. Really... It's a really brilliant show. And season two, he was playing the kind of the, the Elon uh, Musk of the, of the kind of TV genre. And he was just kind of like manipulative. And, me, and I'm like, no, Marshall, don't do it. Don't be evil. And so it's good when you have a friend who's an actor that you're trying to like pray in tongues to help them. You know, like on the, at the TV, I'm like, I'm literally praying in the spirit going, no, that doesn't work. Even though this is my friend Marshall, it's not my friend Marshall right now. So... With no further ado, come on up here. Let's let's talk. <laughs> there you go, my friend. Imagine being my parents. <laughs> I can't imagine like, being your parents. What did we bore? <laughs> exactly. You might feel the same way one day about your three kids. Oh man, I hope not. I'm like, kids, do not perform. Do not be actors. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing is that we don't really have a choice sometimes, right? If we're following God, we don't know what he's going to awaken in us. I know. My son is an, a Michael Jackson impersonator right now. And he's five. Yeah, I have three kids. Something inside yeah. of him has come alive with Michael Jackson and he's five. He said, he goes, Dad, why does Michael Jackson do this? <laughs> he's like, don't know, son. <laughs> don't know. You're like, uh, yeah. the questions I never want to like, answer. Don't do that one in public. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what are they teaching that kid? <laughs> uh, okay, so, so we're exploring the prophetic, and this is an episode, even though we're here live for our, um, I almost called this God Secrets, our modern prophetic event. This is also going to be a podcast. So it just kind of lives in the podcast world. And in this podcast, we explore hearing God's voice and how it impacts the world around us. And I want to hear, because you, you and Jamie, even before you were kind of awakened to the term prophetic, you both were sensitive. You both heard things. Yeah. You both felt things. But when did your exploration journey of actually walking with God in this start? Okay, so we had, when we first started dating, we both um, decided to go to church, even though we, she had been raised Christian and I wasn't necessarily raised Christian. And we both got saved um, and very quickly started having like very interesting experiences where I went to a mainline, you know, denominational church and and then I was, like, getting delivered from demons, but I didn't quite know what that meant on Sunday morning because it wasn't adding up to the message. So um, I was like, ah, huh. <laughs> and so um, then it was like, wait, there's this whole other world of, like, deliverance, and then I was finding out about healing, and then um, we just started, actually, there was a point where it was like, oh, I like that worship leader. And then it was like, wow, that documentary was really interesting. And uh, like we saw Finger of God when it came out. And literally after that night, started doing treasure hunts. Like we all watched it as a group and then just went and did a treasure hunt. You I didn't know, what know this anybody. Is, it's Darren Wilson's produced a film 
who's an awesome guy, who was actually going to disprove the prophetic and supernatural signs, and ended up becoming a believer of these things alive in the documentary, which is crazy, and then released it, and it became like a cult, Christian cult hit phenomenon where people are watching it going, ah, and now he's, right now, just so if you want to see it, Finger of God 2 just came out last month, or this month, so you can watch number two. And so, uh, all of a sudden, we were like, getting words of not like this was so far from our grid but they showed it in this documentary so we were just like okay well he's not a respecter of persons i want them words of knowledge too and we're like well show us who you want us to find in la this is in la and we had uh some really miraculous encounters with that with those things and we kept that going and then we started like uh healing worship night at our apartments and people were getting healed with stuff and then um that's when um, heaven invades earth came out uh, and so we read that and then we were like, wait, what's this whole thing going on in Bethel? We went up to Bethel and we got totally rocked by the presence of God there. And then we were like, well, how do we bring this back to our city? And then Sean, they just happened to start E58 around that same time. So it was this like odd convergence of everything in our life kind of adding up and having all these, you know, really strange experiences to be honest with you. Um, and then we're like, oh, okay, well, this is really nice to be able to be like, if we're actors and in the industry, like. I'm not just coming and telling people about the gospel. It's like, oh, hey, uh, you have that pain in your back? Well, yeah, I could help you out with that. And then they were like, what is this? And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. It made, it, it made, it made, um, it's, it's, it, it was, it was just so nice that there was actual real power, like that God's real, you know? And some of the weirder things I've been through are the things I've hold on, held on to when my faith gets challenged by the kind of waves of culture and reason against faith. And, you know, there's a big, huge movement against, you know, with atheism and reason against Christianity and all that stuff. And um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big thinker, so a lot of times I, I really love apologetics and in those dark moments when I'm like, wait, maybe the doubts are true or whatever. And then I'm like, yeah, but then when I talked to that 5,000 year old demon and it came out of my body, I don't know how to wrap that one in my uh, apologetics there. Like, <laughs> it is true because you, yeah. can't, you can't really take away an experience where your life changes. Exactly right. I mean, yeah. you can't rationalize on a way. Yeah, and there's like astronomically for that to happen is literally impossible. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice to be able to have, to experience God. Um, well, take us on the journey of this starts to affect your career choices and things you were doing. And you start to, both you and Jamie, start to hear God more and more about either your career or things yeah. around your career, people around your career. I mean, really, to tell you the truth, it freed my career. Um, and you just, I got more and more revelation because I'd briefly mentioned earlier about being an actor uh, when I started in like 2002 um, and being a Christian. I became a Christian in 2003. Um, it was sort of like you weren't supposed to curse. You couldn't play any parts other than Jesus. So it was like really kind of got like, people were like, and, it, and honestly, it made me scared. And then when I, there's something about my personality. When I get scared, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do the thing I'm scared of. Because I, like, I don't want to live knowing that I was, that I cowed to fear. Um, um, I remember like, yeah, even that Law and Order episode was really, a, a, I played a pedophile in that in that show. He didn't want to say it because it's, I mean, but I played a kid struggling with pedophilic attractions to his own brother. Um, and they offered me that role. 
I was telling Sean, I was like, can you imagine that? They're like, hey, we think you would make a great pedophile. In fact, you don't even have to audition. And I'm like, wow, man, I'm so honored. <laughs> Something about my face? I don't know. It's someone tell me. Um, and, uh, and I remember my, I talked to one of my acting coaches. The church I was going to was like, no, don't do it. Um, my acting coach was like, well, didn't you sign up to act? I'm like, what are you supposed to play yourself? And I was like, okay, you're right. Um, and then when I did it, like, God would just speak to me so much about that role. Like, there's somebody that's struggling with those feelings. So my job is, like, if they see themselves on the screen, they're like, oh, that guy gets it. You know, and that's to me, is uh, what's prophetically kind of revealed to me about, like, what acting is, is, like, my job is to hold a mirror up to the human condition so that if you see, either you can see yourself in me, even though you don't relate, or I'm actually telling your story and I'm embodying it. Um, and that's a big deal because um, having that level, being able to express that level of compassion to somebody, it's not like, oh, I, 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 I sympathize with you. And it's beyond even empathy. It's like, I've literally lived in your shoes um, and felt what you felt, and it's recorded there in a story form. So it's really powerful to be able to do that and then, then say, well, you're really judgmental. And I'm like, oh, really? Have you seen my resume? Um, and that's, I think that's, that's something that I've always worn as a badge of being able to, you know, that God's not surprised by, you know, the parts of you that suck. <laughs> oh, that's a bad choice of word, actually, considering we're just going to not go there. I already went there. Sorry, guys. Well, okay. I just hey, think. You, you brought me here, buddy. No, I, I mean. Unapologetically, I love Marshall. I told you, unique person. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. And a little inappropriate. I release at times. freedom. That's true. I release freedom, like humor freedom. Or <laughs> not, well, not that well, let's, freedom. Let's move into even like, because you went from acting to producing. Yeah. And you're right now producing a documentary and these kinds of things. How have you picked your projects? And tell me about the God journey of that. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a natural, as a believer, like, there's a responsibility for the leadership you see. So when you see something and when you're in a position like to have to be, you know, truth is revealed to you, there's a responsibility for that. So it's a natural bridge to, you know, to be an actor, you're a pawn. You're, you don't get to pick, you don't always get to pick uh, what you get hired for. You can pick what you audition for or what you're up for. Or, uh, but, um, you know, if you turn, if you're too picky, you just don't have a career. Um, so it was a natural inclination for me to be like, well, what stories do I want to tell? And um, I was fortunate enough to uh, be a part of a movie called Blue Like Jazz. Um, and that was my foray into like, okay, I'm going to kind of come out of the closet as a Christian and do a Christian project. Um, and that really taught me a lot about like, how can, how do we express faith through media and, um, and how? How can we how can we do this? Because um, what do they say about um, about Christian film? It's a lot like porn. It's bad acting, bad lighting, and you always know how it ends. Um, <laughs> wow! Like, Whoa! Inside joke. And if you're in LA, you'll hear that. Quite I mean, a bit. even the Christian filmmakers I know or Christian producer I know laugh at that one. Um, and and that's depressing for me because I grew up as an artist, and so. Part of what I love about somebody who has a relationship with God is there's this, there's this call to excellency to 
the, the things you do are an act of worship. I mean, look at all the cathedrals that have been built, all the beautiful things, all the beautiful art, the Renaissance, like all these different periods where there was like such devotion and such a pouring out of oneself in devotion to God through art um, as a testimony to the love of God. So it was like, well, why aren't our films excellent? And what does that look like? And how can we progress um, films that speak to a higher level of compassion and can reach people in ways that, um, you know, that, that normal things can't, yeah, because, and um, I remember when we did Blue Like Jazz, my brother, he's an amazing, amazing man, and I look up to him in so many ways, and I, the movie came out, and he literally was like, Marshall, I'm never going to be able to reach as many people as you just did with one movie, um, and so it's a really powerful thing, and it has a staying power to it, so um, it's a big passion of mine of, like, how do, we, how do I translate God, basically, through story, and what does that look like, and... Um, yeah, so that's that's a big passion of mine. I love that passion, and you're doing some things right now. That um, is there anything you want to tell about, like any projects you're working on right now that you can tell about? Um, is this going live? Or are we? Um, it's going to go in about two months. So it'll be on. Okay. Well, um, it's live. Oh, it's live. Facebook. One live. of the things. I'm, okay, I can't talk about this. Um, one of the things that I'm really proud about is um, I've uh, I wrote, directed, produced, edited um, a short film series um, called Marriage in Short. And the whole idea, I'm, I'm married, sorry, I always have to add it up, 12 years, um, <laughs> for all the ladies, June 17th, 2006, okay? Um, I know it, <laughs> not one of those husbands. Um, <laughs> every lady was like, oh my God, he doesn't remember. Um, <laughs> it's more of an addition problem than it is a memory problem. <laughs> Watch somebody's like yells out, it's 13 years. I'm like already in my mind, I'm like, did I already add it up wrong? Um, Shereen and I relate to this very well. Yeah, so one, of the, yeah <laughs> so one of the things I'm really passionate about is marriage, and I can go on for days about why marriage is important, and you know, um, but I think that uh, one, of the, one of the things that I love about the series is it, 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 it's able to show marriage as a farce, and that the idea of like marriage is this codependency trap where you're like two becoming one is not a pretty thing. I don't know, all the married people, raise your hands, hey, all the people that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Um, and so that's, it's something I'm really passionate about is I feel like we could, we could simply divorce, uh, flip the divorce rate, right? It's like 60-40 for, for divorces. I think we could flip it if we could just change the expectation of what marriage looks like. I know so many people, they get married and they're like, it's not the rosy, amazing thing that was going to complete my life that I thought it was. And we fought all the time. And you're like, yeah, that's what marriage is, you know? And it's like, we don't have a lot of examples of how you get how you overcome those periods where it seems like all you do is fight or you're you're too different of people or we couldn't reconcile it or we're not compatible you know what i mean um so it was like well where have you seen the idea was for to take all the main causes of divorce and then make a film in a uh, set set a story where i have the same actors playing different couples in different decades and see if i could um take that cause of divorce put it in a decade where that cause was exacerbated so to stack the odds against that couple and then see if they could overcome it in that decade. Oh, wow. And so you see over the last hundred years that marriage is basically the same and that we've faced all these issues and then it's funny to see people overcome it. And I was like, sometimes what you need, and this is something that's happened in my life, is I look like a fool so you can feel great, you know, which is like, <laughs> I call it the ministry of Paul, right? He was like, I'm an idiot for Christ so you can be 
you know? It's like, would you come to Christ because I'm shrewd, or would you rather come because I'm an idiot? And you're like, in spite of that guy, I became a Christian. (laughs) Um, So sometimes it takes seeing somebody be ridiculous or bad, and you're like, oh, wait, okay, maybe we can overcome this. So that was the whole idea behind that, that thing, and it's just simply like, I've very rarely seen on film, like I see a lot of people, like, getting engaged on film and then get married and the movie ends, but what films where you're like, oh, that filmmaker really likes marriage? Because if you think wow. about it, it's like, what, Gone Girl? Uh, Eyes Wide Shut? You oh. know, like, none of those movies end that well. Unfaithful? Yeah. We all know how that one ended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> like, most of the films about marriage, you're like, that's not a good thing. You that's know? so true. And, marriage is not portrayed well. Yeah, so. and I love it. I love so marriage. So how, how can people watch that? Uh, it's marriageinsure.com. Okay. And then... Um, that's where it'll link you to. Uh, it, we got distribution through Seed and Spark, which is an awesome, awesome website. So you can watch it on there. There's like a free trial on there. If you hit me up on Twitter, I'll send you a private link. Okay, let's do this. Let's go through, because you have some amazing moments that have happened because you've been present with God. Yeah. And so give me a, a couple highlight real moments where God showed up in your career, your family, whatever, where he spoke, he did something that I mean, all of this is coming from that, but like, yeah. give us like a story. Okay, so I was working on a show last night, um, and uh, you know, I'm working in this actor, I'm doing the scene with, I was working on this new show called For the People, it's a Shonda Rhimes show, and I was doing a guest star, and um, you know, I'm out there, and I'm, you're, when you're in the scene, you know who can act, like you know like in the moment, like oh, these other actors I'm working with, I'm like, oh, that guy's good. And then you're like, and it, it's exciting to work with someone good because then it feels better when you're acting. You get to do fun things. And so he, he was having a lot of fun acting with me in the scene. And he was kind of like investigating me, you know, and he was talking to me and all this stuff. And, and then uh, he said something and I had to be, he was like asking me about my life. And I said, you know, honestly, man, like uh, I had to be honest. And I was like, honestly, that's, you know, the only way I'm able to do that is just, just by, you know, with God. And he was like, and that's a scary thing to say on set, you know? But he's asking, so I'm not going to lie. And then he was like, kind of like looked at me like, what? And then I was like, yeah. And I just kind of talked about it a little bit. And he was like, huh. And he was like, and then a little while later, he came up to me and he asked me more a little bit about it. And I was like, oh, well, that's what I think about this. And that's what I think about this and blah, blah, blah. Because, I mean, to be honest with you guys, like, I, I don't know if I'm, it's a new evangelical theory I'm working on. But it's like, I don't really care if you come to Christ. Like, I, I, do, I do. Like, I want you to, but I can't make you. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to do this thing because of me. I don't want you calling me being like, why is God not doing this? I'm like, talk to him, dude. Uh, you know what I mean? Because it's like very quickly you become codependent or you become like that snake oil salesman. So, like, in general, it's, man, it's not always like, it's, it's not like you become a Christian and then you're a millionaire. It's a, it's a legit, like, walk. You know what I mean? Like, there's some, there's some peaks and there's some valleys. So if someone's going to come to this, I want it to be for them to be on the right footing when they start. So, um, so yeah, I, I love... But what I do encourage people when I talk to them about God is like, it's very important for you to have a belief system and for you to practice it because that would just make the world better. Like, so, and the problem is, is so many people, you guys, don't get to talk about their beliefs openly. 
where they're not interrupted or told they're wrong or corrected or whatever. So if you just say, oh, well, what do you believe? And you're genuinely curious and you're not insecure. It doesn't make you insecure about your own beliefs. If they don't believe what you believe and you facilitate them just getting to talk about it, they'll love you for it. They'll love it. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. I really like what you believe. Awesome. And then, then you just let it hang. And then they're like, what do you believe? And you're like, oh, I don't believe that. No. <laughs> like, oh, really? Why not? And you're like, oh, you know, hey, I just got my thing. What's your thing? You really want to know? You know what I mean? And then you've already like, because it's, it's very important for people to have a spiritual life. Um, and I've tested and proved Christianity enough for myself to know that it is the way, the truth, and the life. I don't gotta, I don't gotta punch you over the head. It's not gonna make me mad if you don't believe it. I got the good thing. There was, I was talking earlier. I was like, I want to do a book about um, evangelism as a, as a, as as a restaurant, like a food restaurant, you know, because the scripture says, "Taste and see," right? The Lord is good. And I'm like, okay, think about. Uh, uh, let's do this real quick. I was like. I don't even know what I was talking about, but I'm going to talk about this. Um, sorry, Sean. Sean's like, oh, crap. I'm He's open. like watching the clock. He's like, when is he going to end? I'm like, sorry, guys, three hours later. Um, yeah, it's like if I asked you what's your favorite food you've ever had, like if you could choose one meal that price was not an option right now, like tonight, let's, I'm going to take you to your favorite restaurant. Does one come to mind? Right, so when you tried that food, did anyone need to tell you it was good? And then can you get that food anywhere else? Like that's the only place where you can get that thing, right? Was that what your faith is like? Right, like do you have something you can't get anywhere else? Like is it manifesting in your life? A lot of times you're like, no, Christianity is amazing. And they're like, okay, show me. And you're like, we don't have any food. <laughs> And they're like, well, wait, I came here for a meal. And you're like, ah, I'll pray for you. Like, what do you tell them? You know, which is great to be able to have, like, the prophetic on the menu. Legit. Because then they can literally taste and see. Unless that, word, then unless that prophetic word is off, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, and so the guy was like, he literally said to me, he goes, wow, man. He goes, you know what? I just did a Christian film. And he goes, and they were weird. Wow. He was like, I felt like they needed to convert me, and everything I said was wrong, and they had the right answer. Wow. And he goes, but actually the things you're saying and the fact that you just let me talk made me, I'm actually thinking about what you're saying. And he's like, and he was like, wow. And that, that, happens, that happens all the time. It's so much fun. Like I've had, I had a conversation with a girl who identified as a lesbian and not, you know, not Christian. And I was like, well, and she was having a problem. And I said, what's your problem? And she, she was expressing like going through some, some me too stuff on set. And she's like, felt like, why am I always a magnet for guys like this? And I was like, oh, okay, well, um, you know, what kind of boundaries do you have? And she's like, what do you mean? What are boundaries? And I'm like, oh, well. So part of like life is knowing that you're valued and then you know actually standing up for that value and just not allowing people to treat you the certain way. And then she was like, well, how do you know what you're valued? I'm like, well, that kind of depends on what you believe. And I was like, well, what do you believe about where you came from and why you're here and what's your purpose? And she's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, yeah, what do you believe? Like about God, the whole bit. And she was like, went on and she talked all about it. And I was like, 
cool, yeah, well, I would encourage you to practice that. And actually, if you do this and that, that's a really cool way to practice that. It wasn't Christianity. I was like, you should devote to that and then have that be real to you so that you can understand your value and then you can start to stand up. And it kind of just painted a little bit about what happens when you have a holistic worldview, which is like you're actually a more whole person. And she's like, oh, wow, what do you believe in? I was like, I'm a Christian. She said, what? She goes, I got to tell you, she's like, you're way more accepting and open than I am. She's like, I would, if you told me that, I would be like, oh, ooh, no. She's like, but you're so open-minded. She's like, I'm, I never thought I would say like a Christian is more open-minded than me. And it's like, okay, well, what you believe is important, so go do it, you know? And I'm, I'm just over like trying to sell drugs to people. You know what I mean? If the drugs are good, they're going to come back. You know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes, we do know what you're saying. Yeah. Not that you guys have bought drugs, right? No. Ain't none of y'all done drugs. We're good. I think it's, I think it's interesting because I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of people. I use the word coming out of the closet as a Christian. Like when you, your first faith project, you're like, I'm coming because there is kind of a weird time right now where faith based is okay, but it's not perceived as great. Right. And being a Christian who's vocal in the industry actually can put some perceived judgments on you because of the Kirk Cameron effect. And I love Kirk Cameron, but, but when he came out on a show and then all of a sudden he judged everybody and they, the show shut down because of his faith. Right. And so some of that's still in effect in Hollywood where they're saying you plus Christianity equals a liability to us. Right. And so you're actually in your own place of faith and how you're walking with God, you're actually rebranding people's idea of Christianity. It's my favorite thing. I love getting to know someone and like being cool. And they're like, Oh man, like I like you. And then they find out I'm Christian and I watch (laughs) their whole framework and all their social media posts of the last two years. They start to wonder like, Oh shit, has he checked my Facebook? I hate Christians. (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're like, how do I, how do I reconcile the fact that he's a normal human and he's nice. And like, I'm like relating to him and it's really weird and I feel cool. And then it's like, yep, I'm a Christian. <laughs> you like me. That's amazing. I'm a decent, healthy person with respectable boundaries and a nice marriage. <laughs> and I'm amazing. talented. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and they're like, my whole idea of how the world was supposed to go is ruined. We, we have been spending time on, on this theme, though, because I feel like even for me personally, like I was so staying away from Christian media, Christian television. I mean, Sri and I would talk about it six years ago. I'd go, oh, man, if these guys ever come after me, I would never do a Christian show. No way. There's no way. I've had 20 offers on secular TV to be the Christian psychic guy, you know, like the guy that competes. With, and I'm like, there's no way. And I'm laughing because in the last year, I've had the courage to just be me. And part of just being me is like, you know, TBN approaching Matt Crouch. Let's do a show together. I was like, you know what? Part of being me right now is doing a show with TBN next year. Part of being me right now is Ed Weir and I are working on a prophetic show right now. And it's, you know, for secular channels. And part of me being me, like, it makes sense now. But I think part of it is that you have healthy identity. I've known you for a long time. You know who you are. And I, I joke around about the individuality, but you know who you are. And I think when people touch a Christian who has healthy identity and healthy boundaries, it does rebrand their view of what God's like because Jesus could be himself anywhere. Right. And most Christians can't be themselves anywhere because they're like, oh, it's going to get me. I'm going to get bit by a devil right here, you know. And, and, 
it's interesting when you when you go where you're called to, and it's actually your protection to be in God's will, even if you're in a club, because that's part of the show. After show, you have to right. go there or whatever. It's your protection to be in God's will. Yeah. It was Jesus' protection to be with Zacchaeus at his, this tax collector's house who's considered corrupt because he was following the Father. It's better for him to be there in God's will, walking with God, than to be in the tabernacle at that moment. And I think you're a good example of that. And I think that there's this kind of branding movement because there's a lot of people, we have mutual friends that have a healthy identity. It's changing something. And that to me is a big deal. Okay, we're out of time. Uh, but I want, you to, I, I want you to answer this because it's my favorite question on season two of my podcast. What's the riskiest thing in this season or in your life you ever obeyed God on? Oh, man. He didn't know I was going to ask this, so he needs a second. Um, the riskiest thing I've ever obeyed God. It could be in the season or it could be the riskiest thing, period. <laughs> the one that came, comes to mind uh, is I remember when, I remember when I was starting out in the whole like words of knowledge thing. Um, and I really wanted to be able to like get people's names from the Lord. And so I would walk around and I'd be like, Frank. And they'd be like, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 it's cool. <laughs> Sally. And she'd be like, this isn't working. How am I not getting names? Like, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Go tell people's names. That's the one that came to mind. Um, Did it ever work? The riskiest thing I've done is, like, I feel like every time, I feel like, <sighs> Really, any time someone finds out I'm a Christian, wow. it's terrifying because I, I am so fully aware of how short I fall of what Jesus, of who Jesus is, that I don't take it lightly. When I say I'm a Christian, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's a huge calling and only by grace and understanding how understanding that, that it's a humble thing. Wow. That it's like, to be a Christian right now is a serious, there's a serious, serious responsibility to be very real and authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we aren't perfect, guys. Like, we're messed up. The church is, like, I have friends on social media, their favorite pastime is like, another pastor falls. Another affair, you know, another this, another that. So it's like, okay, well, what are we doing? Like, um, and one of the things that, that comes to mind is like, is, and I, and I said this for a while, I think in like 2012, uh, when I was doing Blue Like Jazz, was like, if you claim to be best friends with the God who created reality, then you should be the most real person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. The most compassionate, the most understanding. Like, we should understand humans pretty well. Um, you could tweet that one right there. Hey, man. Wow. You could take it. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I'm going to talk to you real quickly about our Bowles Ministries Partnership Program. This podcast is made by Bowles Ministries, and it's done because of partners 
and people who are supporting our ministry, who are equipping us to be able to bring this kind of a show to you. If you're loving hearing these interviews where people are sharing vulnerably about their process, which I think is one of the most powerful things we can do is hear each other's process about revelation. If you're loving this, please don't only subscribe, don't only review, don't only tell your friends, but partner with us, be part of the journey, be part of the sending power of Bulls Ministries to get this message across the world. You guys can be part of our team. All you have to do is go to bullsministries.com, click on giving or partnership. And when you go there, you're going to be part of an incredible partnership community. We're going to resource you. We actually have a partnership director who calls all of our partners once a year. We have resources that we send you. There's a, your very own special partner page with messages and videos that only you can have. But we need you to partner with us if you love this show so that we can actually take it into a whole nother level with the rest of season two, but also going to season three and beyond. 